Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is July 6, 2019. It is 5.30 in the morning in L.A., and the good news is... (laughs) I woke up on time today. I felt so good. I was like paranoid in my sleep checking before the alarm went off because of yesterday, but I'm here, thank God, and I'm, I've been awake for a while, so that's good. Back to normal. But today I have dreams, and also I wanted you to know the chat is working. Every day it's something, and I don't get it, but It's working. It's been working yesterday and today, so we're on a roll here. So thank you guys for being in the chat. And I wanted to start, I have an anonymous dream. You guys, go with me on this one. Dear Nadia, could you read this dream anonymously? And don't worry about the other ones. It's no time, as I sense a lot. I had this dream where I met a tall, lean guy who looked like Ronald Weasley in the books, how he should have looked in the film, with lots of sunspots. We knew each other and hadn't seen each other in a long time, but in real life, I don't know anyone like that. He said, I know I got so tall and slim, and he got that a lot, but I was about to say, in Harry Potter, you look so different, but then I realized he wasn't Rupert Grint but he had also looked more like him in the past, hence the mix-up. He smiled a lot, but I couldn't really look at him in the eyes. Then I talked to Felix, whom I also hadn't seen in a long time, but we don't really have lots to say to each other other than how have you been and then smiling. Next morning, I came across a post about why ginger people are special due to their complex DNA. In my other dream, there was also a man whom I don't want to be looked at by, and I turned so he wouldn't see my face using the excuse that I had to find the spoon in the drawer, but that made him stare at me more. Okay, that's the end of it. So I just have to see where everything is going here because you're dreaming about different people that you don't really know in all three cases. All of them are men, but yet what you do know about them isn't enough to actually know them. And as you go on, it's even more and more, you know, because somehow your personality is very affected by you believing that whatever you do is what people respond to as though there was nothing else they were doing, as though they had nothing else on their mind, nothing else they were doing. All the dreams are about you, your perception, which is normal. And at at the same time, what I wanted to say was that, and I don't know how you are in real life, but you tend to, feel like your actions will determine how people respond to you. And in truth, 
people respond to other people the way they would respond to everybody. There's something Christ said that, that brings me into this dream, and that is that nobody's behavior is special to you. It is everywhere they go. The best example of that is how you're the constant in your dream. You're the constant in your dream. And everywhere you go, you believe that what people are doing or thinking is in direct response to what you're thinking, even though they may not know what you're thinking. And that's constant. That's you everywhere you go. Just like me, everywhere I go, I'm curious. I want to know what people are thinking. I don't assume I know what anybody's thinking because I know that I don't. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, seeing Christ does not make me psychic. I just have a a truth radar inside of me that doesn't turn off. It just doesn't turn off. So I'm curious. I want to know, hey, what do you think? Hey, how do you do this? Hey, why do you do it that way? What brought you to that? And sometimes people can answer me and sometimes they, they can't because they themselves don't know. But it's all good. But I want you to really pay attention in your life to just random things taking your time because you're so wrapped up in what others will think of you and believing you know how you can make them think certain things by what you do. You can't make anyone think anything. I think the times I was most sure that I had a um, grip on someone and then after talking to them, finding out that they didn't even notice me. They didn't even know I was there. They didn't even know they looked at me that way or whatever it was that I was thinking. And that was a huge eye-opener because what that did to my life was take a ton of pressure off of me that I had any control over anything. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. All of them facets of ego. That's how they come to us, and through fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. And ego is always chomping at the bit, waiting to sneak in. And I like this dream because it's a small snapshot and and as the an anonymity in your dream all the dreams i've received from this source has that same underlying theme of behaving in a way to get a certain behavior out of other people that's why it's frustrating when we don't get what we want because we believe that we put all the markers in place for us to get what we want. And then when we don't get what we want, we don't know what we've done wrong 
and there isn't anything we've done wrong. It's based on the assumption that we can control what other people think or that they're only thinking about us and nothing else, which is another facet. So just really pay attention that your heart is worth more than trying to take on the world and how it thinks. Focus, and there's the meaning behind your dream. Focus on you. You know how you tried to focus on the spoon? These are the first signs of trying to reel you in. Even though someone stares at you, who cares? Your soul needs you to stare at you. Your soul needs you to pay attention to what it carries. Our souls, whether we realize it or not at some level, are the greatest resource each one of us will ever have. It is the only resource we have on earth. Because it is the only part of us that goes back home. Everything else we collect, everything we save, everything we do, everything we've said, everywhere we've gone is only in our contents for the experiences we needed. And when we leave, all we take is what lives in our souls, every memory, every experience, and it's only there in the way we remember it. Then when we get home, we see it from all angles because it's hard to do that here. There's so many distractions, and Earth is not designed for us to know everything. It's just not designed. That's why there's so many learning trees all over the place. Everywhere you go, you need to learn all the things about this or all the things about that. And, and, and we thrive when we're learning. We get excited when we're learning. But based on this dream and the other ones that I've, I've read from time to time, they all point back to you. So much energy is put into what's outside of you that if that same energy were put on what's inside of you, your soul will begin to develop in a different way. Right now, it's a reactive soul. Oh, well, if I do this, well, this person must be thinking this. Well, how do you know? You don't. I know a boy who likes a girl, and she used to be the front desk person at the gym. And every time he'd go, he would say, oh, she said hi to me today. Oh, she didn't say hi to me today. Oh, she was mean to me today. Well, what does mean mean? Well, she didn't pay attention to me. I said, how do you know what's going on in her life, and how do you know she likes you? Just because you like her. What if she has a boyfriend and she had a problem with her boyfriend that day and she just couldn't deal with anybody else? But in his mind, it was all about him 
and her saying hi to him every day and her liking him to the point where he was going to ask her out. But the truth was, he did that all in his head. He never asked her if she had a boyfriend. They kind of goofed around just, you know, greetings back and forth when he comes and when he went. But it got to the point where he brought it up to me because he wanted to know if I saw what he saw. And I said, you know what? Yes, she's a cute girl. Yes, she's a very nice person. But you don't know anything about her. You don't know what's going on in her life. You don't know why someday she doesn't receive you the same. You should ask. Be a friend first. No. You know, do your information gathering. And he did. And not only did he find out she had a boyfriend, she was with him for nine years and she's living with him. And he goes, oh, man, I would have never guessed. I said, we all have to ask because you are basing your mood daily on running into this girl, getting a sweet hello, and the promise that you were going to ask her out. And you did that all by yourself for a long time. And that's how things start. But when you stay there, you don't get to grow past that thought or feeling. You don't see that person as a person. You see them as what you think you want from them. And that's all you see. You get that tunnel vision. Knowing that you can take the pressure off of just tell yourself, I don't know what anybody's thinking. I don't know what anybody's life entails unless they tell me. But I have to take care of myself. I have to pay attention to the contents of my own soul. Because here's even the last one, you know, also a man who I didn't want to be looked at by. Well, you can't control that. People are going to look. And I turned so he couldn't see my face or wouldn't see my face. Using the excuse, like now you needed even an excuse why you turned. That I hadn't to find a spoon in the drawer, but that made him stare at me more. How do you know your head was in the drawer? You felt him stare because you don't see the other person as a person. You just see the part that you believe affects you. And one more question, one last thing on that, is that what does it take from you to behave the way you constantly perceive other people behaving at you? Because that's that's another one. When I used to let people come in and start asking me questions and trying to tell me I did something wrong or trying to tell me I did something right, Because sometimes someone who keeps telling you what you did right also is looking at what you did wrong. And then you have to deal with both sides of that coin. But what would it take out of me to go after someone and say, well, why are you doing that? Well, you know, how do you know that that's what you're doing? How do you know that that's a problem? Why are you doing it that way? 
you know who you're dealing, you know, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. But what would it take out of me? I would have to know them really, really well and care about them quite a lot and know enough to know what questions to ask instead of it just being about my own insecurity getting dumped on another person. But people don't usually put that much time into other people because they don't have the time. Or to give so much time is what everybody in any given room or situation thinks about us. That takes a lot of energy and also a lot of outside of you instead of inside of you. There's no bridge. There's either what people think of you and you don't even stop to think about what you want or care about. So keep a close eye that when you catch yourself wondering what other people are thinking about you, remind yourself that you have no idea what they're thinking and it doesn't matter. That's just such a release of pressure. You get to start to be yourself. It might be uncomfortable at first because you're breaking a habit, but the repetition of the dreams and all the facts that don't matter in the bigger picture will start to get you to reel that energy in and refocus, reroute, reframe that energy towards your very own soul. And I hope that happens, and I hope that you can hear this today because you're, like, right at the brink of just not putting so much energy where you don't get to use it for yourself. My next dream comes from Chris Kipwoods, and it was on the Facebook page. And he says, hi, Nadia Hug. I had a dream that I was a child dressed in white, shiny, shining garb, and I was sitting in a very barren, dark wasteland, and I was crying and screaming out to God. Then I was standing by a seashore, and an old man on horseback galloped up to me. He looked like the iconic God with long white hair and a long beard. He threw a golden ring on the rocks and said, I am not he, then galloped away. That's it. Thank you. Thanks. Love you. That's an interesting dream because while I was reading it and you were telling me the iconic God and the long white hair and the long beard came up to you, the first thing I thought was God did not look human when I saw him. He did not look human at all. He was a wall of light. And so the fact that he said, I am not he, and galloped away is just telling you that the fantasy of God, what we were taught God is, had I not seen him, I would have wanted to believe that. The long white hair, the you know, the whole fatherly, everything in white, all of that. But I saw him. And he was a white wall. He could have been something, but all I could see was huge, just white wall of energy. Definitely energy. And that energy, it is the most encompassing 
energy we could feel. It's, it's our entirety. It's like so absolute. You don't feel judged. When you are in front of God, you don't feel like he's better than you or even bigger than you. You just know you are in the presence of a pure intellect. It's, it's completely, I don't know, there's just not a word, but you're just there and you know you're there and you're completely aware of who you are in that presence. It's not about fearing God or being judged by God. You, you Being loved is not even a question. It's not like, am I loved or am I not? Or am I worried or am I not? That's, that doesn't even exist. But you become very aware of who you are. And in some ways, you are meshed into God. You know him and he knows you, but not like, well, I know you. Well, I know you too. No, it's a knowing. And in that knowing lives a power of energy. It's like every person is a burst of energy. You start to... you not start, you just understand it, but you understand energy. You understand the interaction of energy. The best way I can put it here is an energy exchange. And what you were having in your dream, Chris, was like you were a child prepared. You were a light in a dark place. And you were screaming out to God because you just didn't know what else to do. That's what child, you know, children do is we were very raw. We just know what we feel because we are closest to God as children. And up until seven years old, we are in a, a protection bubble. Like even if something really bad happens to us, we don't know yet until we're older and that protection starts to erode or go away. Do we start to feel what happened to us when we were younger? We may react and not know why we're reacting, but we are so in the present moment. We don't have a past yet. We don't understand future yet. We don't even understand when our parents tell us we're going to do that tomorrow, they're like, why aren't we doing that now? What's tomorrow? How long does it take to get to tomorrow? And that's who you were in here. You went back to that child, to that protection, to that innocence. And then you thought you saw God. And then he said, it's not me. I am not he. Because God isn't a person. He created people, created us to be able to come down here in these, these bursts that we are. And we have these bodies so that we can stay here and land here for the time we're here. 
and we're here. We're here to experience, and then we go back. But because things are solid, we can hit a desk. We can knock on the door. We can call on a phone. We can see each other. We, we have personas. We have different color hair and skin and all of that. And all of that is part of our challenge. It's to overcome those things. And your challenge has been your life, not just what you think of other people, because you're, you're the opposite of the other dream. You're completely inside of yourself. And a part of you wants to go back to God. But the part where he says, I'm not he, is basically telling you it's not time to go back to God yet. You may want to. Not by means of your own hands, but you may just be tired of this, whatever this is. And so you wanted to see God. You wanted him to take you with him. But he said, it's not me. I'm, I'm not here to take you. You still have work to do. And that's what that dream is telling you. You still have work to do. Sometimes the work that we have to do doesn't look like work. It looks like punishment. What the heck am I going through this for? But one thing I know after seeing Christ and witnessing God, getting to witness God as a human being and still come back and tell you guys, hey, this is what I saw. One of the beauties of that is that it extends our vision of a purpose that we all have and that every day does end as it should. And even if you have a husband that's cheating on you, a wife that won't listen, a partner that keeps arguing with us, children that don't listen or children that do listen, a job that we love or hate, all of that, At the end of each day, if that is in your life, be grateful for it because the lesson that it is delivering to you can only come through that means. Let me say that again. The message you're supposed to get The thing you're supposed to be learning can only be delivered to you through that means. And and I'm going to say that sometimes really great things that happen to us come with their challenges as well. Because if you get used to not having stuff and then all of a sudden you have the money to buy the stuff, you go through an I'm on okay guilt. Because now you you don't know, like, wow, I'm not with the people that are suffering. Who am I now? And you have to redefine. Or you're a person that earned their way and you bought your first house. And then you're like, wow, I'm so happy I bought this house. And wow, who am I now? Now I'm a homeowner. Or a person who becomes a parent and you're so excited about the birth and You're just working your way to the birth and then, you know, the next day you're home with the baby alone and you're like, oh, my God, I'm responsible and I have to do this and this and I haven't slept. And, you know, you start getting challenged because we tend to, before we get something, 
romanticize it. And then once we get it, we start to see the reality of what lives around it. So whatever it is, we are going through and growing through. It is the only way that lesson can be delivered to you. It may look like this bad person or that ugly situation or or whatever it is that shows up at our door. But it's the only way that that can be delivered to you. When you could see it that way, it changes it. And for Chris, it's just not your time yet. God didn't come to get you. He came to let you know that he's not here yet for you. And the first dream, zero in. Go look within, not without. Big message there. Look within, not without. Because sometimes we get so egocentric that we think everything is happening because of us. But the only things that happen because of you are the things you do. Not what anybody else thinks or does, because people are going to come and go. And I even posted something like that before the show, before reading this dream, that we will weave in and out of each other's lives as we need to. We are not here to stay in one place. That's why everywhere we are told to stay, we get antsy. Because we are not stayers. We are learners. And we're starting to learn that. You guys, I have just a few moments left. I will see you tomorrow at Questions Friday. Have a great Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.